Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome, everybody. This is actually going to be our holiday episode, uh, which is kind of funny because it's not very joyous, okay? we The, the whole point of this is going to be a gift um, to you uh, because it's we're going to be talking about fake websites, okay? And there's many different types of online fraudulence, and I wanted to go over those just so we can kind of isolate uh, where we're going to be running into issues online. Um, and this is exclusively online. We're just talking about fake websites that will sell you, sell you fake things like hopes and dreams and uh, steal your money in the process. So let's jump in here. Uh, $4 million were scammed around the holidays last year. Um, and that was strictly the ones uh, that people had mentioned that they got scammed out of money. So those were fraudulent sites that got shut down. And sometimes things are, uh, you know, with a credit card, sometimes you can actually get money back, but sometimes not. Um, so th- that's actual money people lost. And that's pretty sad around the holidays when you're losing money and not able to exchange that for real goods or, you know, services. So, you know, that that just kind of puts it into perspective perspective that $4 million were scammed around the holidays. Okay. And that's simply because people didn't check which websites they were purchasing from. You know, they see ads on Facebook, they see ads on Twitter, Instagram, all these things. And they, they're quick purchases. And that's what they prey on the people actually making these websites that prey on the fact that you may not be in your best uh, you know, brain waves there because you're just scrolling through uh, mindlessly through these these ads or through the, yeah, through the apps. And then you see these ads pop up that they're, they're very uh, honed into what you like and they're very appealing. So being cautious about how you're spending your money online. Okay. So we live in a online society now. So they said 51% of people say they would prefer to buy items online versus in store. So we are actually outweighing the in-store purchasers now. So there are more people buying online than there are in-store. So I think this is a very important uh, issue to delineate over. So we're going to talk about the different types of online scams. There are many of them, and we're only going to be talking about one specifically for the rest of this episode. However, I wanted people to be aware, and we may elaborate on these later. Um, I just wanted to delineate and show you the differences between all these different types of scams. So then you can kind of be aware of what is out there and what you're falling under. Um, if you ever have to like file a police report or, you know, if you have to talk to the BBB or something like that, this is what we're going to be talking about. So first off identity theft, this is using malware or computer intrusion techniques, cyber criminals, uh, steal personal, information uh, to assume somebody else's identity, whether that's to get a, like a mortgage out or uh, I've heard of like home title loans and things like that. 
So that's a real serious one, but that's not what we're going to be focusing on. Credit card fraud. Online users are duped into submitting their credit card information on deceitful websites, allowing criminals to make purchases using their stolen data. So that's actually going to be a little bit of what we're going to be talking about. However, there is a larger umbrella for that one. So next up, auction fraud. Online shopping scams include buyers not getting what they paid for or receiving an item that's different from the one advertised. So a lot of eBay frauds, um, you've probably seen this. No doubt people post about it where it's like, okay, I bid on, let's say an electric car for like 10 grand or, you know, let's say it's like six grand, something just unheard of. And you end up getting it. And it's like the smallest, it's like a motorcycle that is, uh, has been turned into like a small electric car. It's just really embarrassing, looks nothing like the thing online. However, people get duped all the time through that. It's just, it's a really unfortunate thing to go through because there's nobody to send it back to. That company has gone and changed their name to something else. So yeah, you gotta be really careful about that. However, that's not what we're gonna be focusing on today. So investment fraud, that's the next one. Scammers pretend to have great connections and knowledge in finance and bait people to invest on a company, bank, or venture. We ran into that with our Pokemon episode about fake Pokemon cards. Uh, next up is work at home scam. This scam promises financial independence and huge money for minimal effort of work at home. Victims must pay up front for a registration fee to get products that actually they don't sell. So that's kind of where you come into the MLM thing. Uh, Rule of thumb for that is if someone makes you pay money to work for them, it's probably not a good job or real. So just that's the rule of thumb right there. Next up is the sweet stakes, sweep stakes scam. The victim receives an email saying he has won the lottery or sweepstakes, and then he's asked to send a fee to claim the bogus prize. So I know, I know that sounds ridiculous. You know, who would fall for that? But people do it. And if, you know, if people didn't do it, then these would not exist. Uh, just remember that. So Online dating scam, that's another one. Criminals scour social networking sites to meet and form relationships with people and later convince them to send money. So it's kind of like a catfishing thing. Uh, Then the West West African scam. So you've heard about these. Uh, Victims are asked to help someone transfer a huge amount of money between countries. The scammer promises to give these people a portion of the money as long as they send an advanced fee to supposedly help process the transfer. That is the oldest trick in the book. So that, um, what we're going to be talking about today, which kind of falls in with that credit card fraud, and I guess maybe a little auction fraud, um, you know, sprinkled in there, but it's called phishing, and that is with a P-H-I-S-H. So just like the band, phishing is the fraudulent attempt to obtain sensitive information or data such as usernames, passwords, and credit card details by disguising oneself as a trustworthy entity in an electronic communication. Okay, so that is where people are getting your credit card details. Um, And that's usually through very good ads, very good um, fakery when it comes to like Nike websites dot 
co or, or something like that. So it's not the authentic website, but you don't know that if you're clicking on an ad and you're going to this, you generally on a mobile device do not look at the top. So always check that out. I know a lot of people do their, um, I don't have the stats for it, but so many people do their shopping online now through their phones. And I imagine it is like, it's gotta be like 60 to 70%. It is so, you know, people are making these impulse purchases. So always look at that. And we're going to be talking about this, you know, later on in the episode on how to determine whether something's fake or not, and, you know, to make sure you're actually getting a product. So I think it's worth getting, it's worth um, spending the time to do so because you want that product. Ultimately, you don't want to just send up money and never get anything for it. So we're going to talk about the history of phishing here. According to internet records, the first time that the term phishing was used and recorded was on January 2nd, 1996. The mention occurred in a Usenet news group called AO Hell. So AOH Hell. Um, it is fitting that it was made there too. American Online, if you remember that, um, is where the first rumblings of what would become a major criminal issue would take place. Back when America Online, so AOL, was the number one provider of internet access, you would get these uh, little CDs in the mail and you'd get your free month of American Online. I know. I'm dating myself here. So millions of people would log on uh, to the service every day. You had to log on to your internet there. You know, you had to dial up and stuff. Its popularity made it a natural choice for those who had less than pure motives. From the beginning, hackers and those who traded pirated software used the service to communicate with each other. So this was an easy form of communication and a little more encrypted. You know, there was not an online presence of like the NSA and stuff at the time. It, it, they didn't see it as a threat. This community was f- referred to as the Juarez community. It was this community that eventually made the first moves to conduct phishing attacks. Okay. So the first way in which fishers conducted attacks was by stealing users' passwords and using algorithms to create randomized credit card numbers. While lucky hits were far and few between, they struck the jackpot, obviously, often enough to cause a lot of damage. The random credit card numbers were used to open AOL accounts. Those accounts were then used to spam other users and for a wide range of other things. Special programs like AO Hell were used to simplify this process. This practice was put to an end by AOL in 1995 when the company created security measures to prevent the successful use of randomly generated credit card numbers. Okay, so that just kind of brings you into a history of where phishing came about and just some of the crazy activity people got into early on the internet. And then where we are today. So we're going to break here for commercial and we'll come back soon. Ho, ho, hope you haven't gotten scammed out of your hard-earned money this year because it's no joke. The internet is a bad place filled with bad people, which is why jolly old St. Rick here is going to give you the deal of the year. For all those bad people in your life, we have a great deal on lumps of coal. Black coal, dark coal, really dark gray coal, and did I mention black coal as well? A whole bag for $100 or 10 installments of $12. So act now or this deal will find itself off of the rooftop. 
brought to you by the Coal Surplus Coalition. We really need to get rid of all this coal. I bet you guys can't wait until we get real sponsors for this podcast, which reminds me, if you guys uh, could kindly go on Faked Podcast on uh, Facebook, that's kind of the only way I'm going to have any um, interactions with you guys. So, yep, get on there. Um, Let me know what you think. Let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear comments, love to hear suggestions. And uh, any sponsors out there, you know, toss me a toss me an invite there. (laughs) Anyways, um, in the second part of this episode, we're going to be talking about ways to comb over websites to kind of verify how authentic they are, because uh, there's a lot of telltales. However, it's very easy to gloss over them. I mean, we're talking very, very easy, especially I would say it's correlative to how old you are just because you were originally pretty trusting of the websites and uh, the internet in general. However, you know, us younger ones, and I'm, I'm using air quotes for me, uh, there are younger ones than I am, who have grown up with all scams on the internet. Most of the things you shouldn't believe on the internet, and you know, that's how they were raised. So, jumping in here, we're gonna jump into um, no postal address. So that is a very important thing. So real businesses selling real products will provide a physical contact address. Be highly suspicious of any website that doesn't list the company's physical address or contact information. If the contact address doesn't match the company's true location, try running it through Google Maps to see exactly where and what's located there. It's very important. Um, Most real businesses want you to know they're real and reputable and they spend a lot of money to have that particular business in a location. They want you to know where it's at. So uh, most to- most of the times, fake websites are not going to throw something on there. And if they do, you're going to have to verify that that business is there because they-, they could just throw anything out there. So, of course, there are some exceptions to this rule. Uh, Google, Amazon, and some other retailers don't really list contact information or deliberately make it difficult to find uh, just because they have an Amazon facility in like every state. So there's not just one location. Google has headquarters, but it doesn't really have physical locations for you to go visit. I think there are like uh, certain locations, I think where you can get Google fiber and stuff like that. So whole different kind of thing there. But Um, These brands have already established trust and legitimacy in the marketplace, so it's pretty rare that a customer would be suspicious of them. You know, they've got their own issues, but I think you can go to google.com. I don't, I don't, I think you can, you know, tell that. I think Amazon's pretty reputable as well. So in some countries, it's also illegal to run a website without a contact form or email address. So, you know, some countries do it better. I think we're a little lenient on that, Uh, but... You know, that is what it is. So next up, double check the domain name. A lot of fraudulent websites will use a domain domain name that references a well-known brand, as I mentioned before, or a product name, but won't be the official website. So uh, for example, website domains such as www.ipadoffers.net or www.discountnikeclothes.com should raise alarm bells most of those, um, well, I would say all of your Nike clothes are either coming from a authentic reseller like um, Finish Line, things of that nature. But you can always count on just www.nike.com because 
or www.apple.com. It's not going to be iPad.com. I'm sure that's a whole different thing. Um, but you should also be cautious of domains that end in .net or .org. It's not necessary that they're, they, you should be suspicious of those endings, um, but they're rarely used for online shopping. Um, so they may have been acquired by questionable organizations. So you should be wary if you're going to either of them and you're doing online shopping. However, if you're going to a .org for like tree frog facts, you know, be my guest. You know, don't be suspicious or dubious about those tree frog facts. Um, next up is using the old noggin. We talk about this a lot. So is the offer too good to be true? When you see very low prices with ridiculous discounts, you should be a bit suspicious. Know the worth of the product you're getting, okay? If price, especially online settings. I mean, you're going to get good deals uh, maybe in like an auction somewhere. You, you might get good deals because people don't know what they have. That's generally is, but worth tends to final or tends to rise to the surface. So the worth of something, the prices will usually uh, justify it. So if prices seem too good to be true, they probably are. Scam websites use low prices to lure bargain hungry shoppers to quickly sell fake counterfeit or non-existent items. And that ladies and gentlemen is why I exist uh, or why this podcast exists uh, is to simply negate those and get those out of the way. So always be looking for, is the offer too good to be true? Next up, never pay by bank transfer. Alarm bell should ring if you are asked to pay for something online via a bank transfer. I mean, it's so unorthodox, yet people fall for it all the time. When was the last time you needed to send a bank transfer to get those fresh Nikes, never, dude. When when is that Adidas track coat ever called for a bank transfer? It's never done. It's it's just never. Okay, so if you buy something that turns out to be fake or non-existent with a credit or debit card, you do have some rights to get your money back. But if you pay by bank transfer, there is very little you can do to get your cash back simply because it is left. It's it's gone. It is it is you know bye bye. At least uh, some of the payments can be reversed via credit or debit card, depending on your bank and credit card, of course. So next up, this one's going to take some investigating. However, it is basically going to encompass everything you've learned from previous episodes. So browsing the website, take a couple of minutes to double check the site. So before you hit add to cart or before you hit checkout, maybe visit the homepage or the about us pages and kind of read some of the text there. I know you got to get some reading done online. I know these websites aren't dense for their, you know, tree frog facts and things like that, but watch out for like poor English, such as spelling and grammar mistakes, because they're going to use just filler text, um, or they may genuinely just be bad at English and they're throwing their entire thing into Google translate, which, you know, results in poor English or phrases that just don't sound quite right. So it could mean that the site isn't genuine. Uh, and was put together by someone abroad looking to make a quick profit. So you should also check that the website lists any contact information, which is what we talked before. Reputable and legitimate companies will always list ways to get in touch with them. If the website doesn't have a contact contact us page, it could well be fraudulent. If the site does have a contact us page, but only offers like a, a form to fill out, be wary of this 
because it could be an indication of a dubious website. Not always, but it definitely, you know, should raise those flags. Any company offering goods or services should lift a list of place of business as well as a phone number or email address through which to contact them. They want you to be happy. They want to make things right. They want you to be a repeat um, sale because most of these fraudulent sites we're talking about, they are they are hitting and quitting, man. They you're sending them money, and they are cha- they are just clocking out. I mean, that's the whole name of the game, right there. Is a quick turnaround, quick profits. So next up, check that return policy. If the company is selling a product online, it should have a shipping and returns policy listed on its website. If it's a real company, it should tell you how and where to return a faulty item. Okay, they want you happy. The website should also have terms and conditions to protect them and to protect you as well. And a privacy policy that tells you exactly what it plans to do with any data you share and any extra contractual rights you may have. You know, it's a two-way street protecting you, protecting them. Um, Fraudulent sites don't care about that. They don't care protecting you. They don't even care about protecting them because they're changing their website the next day. Okay. Next up, this one's pretty important, um, and a lot of people do this for other things, so it's weird that we don't do it a lot for um, for websites. So online reviews. There are many websites out there that will rate websites, much like a Yelp review for a physical location or a Google review for a physical loca- location. So I would say absolutely you're going to want to check out these websites. So. Look at reviews across a number of sources, such as Trustpilot, FIFO, or SiteJabber, which they um, aggregate customer reviews. So uh, generally, you know, the bad ones are going to rear their face. So in this case, that's great. Don't look at just one review website. I would say check all of them. Check several to avoid being influenced by um, just, you know, some of them put out fake review websites. You know, if they can create a fake website, they can create a fake review and a, review, a fake review website. So you should also check the company's social media pages for recent activity and to see what other people are posting on their social channels. So I'd say that's a that's a really important one um, simply because some companies just go to bunk, yet they keep their website up and they will keep, you know, locking in those profits as well. They won't shut down their channels for uh, payment. So that's also another thing is to check to see if they're actually a company anymore. So here are some ways to spot fake reviews since we talked about it. Um, are there a lot of oddly similar reviews? Okay, it should be a red flag if you notice a similarity in the reviews across several websites. Just same, they could be different people, just same wording, same verbiage. verbiage. Reading through reviews, you might notice a whole set that use similar word groupings and writing styles. This often means that the reviewers are either copying information or that the reviews were all written by the same person. So are the reviews very new? Watch out for reviews from new accounts. Some of the reviews should be from long-standing members of the site. You might find the person has reviewed hundreds of websites, which gives them just a little more credibility um, I know on Google, like it'll say how many reviews you've written. Uh, if it's one, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt. It could have been their one, you know, bad experience and they, they felt the world needed to know or such a good experience that the world needed to know. So it's not a 100% thing. So 
Is the review non-factual or overly factual? Facts are important in a review, so don't trust a review if facts or actionable information is light on the ground. Similarly, a review that gives no personal opinion at all may well be a fake, and in any case, it's not a great deal of help overall. So can you find very few reviews? In that case, it's probably best to give any suspicious website a miss. If there's very few reviews, if any, it's probably a super new website uh, that is coming up, stealing your money, and shutting back down. So, no reviews, uh, or we look at the similar reviews because they, you know, they could get really intelligent about it as well. They put up a website, they put up some reviews, they take down the website, reviews stay up. So, that's kind of just ways to, you know, comb through some of the reviews. So. Next up, look for a padlock. A padlock next to the website's URL means that the site is encrypted. You can actually see this on mobile as well. So what you do on it, um, such as browsing or making payments, can't be intercepted. It's protected. Most websites now have this feature. So if you notice a site that doesn't have one, uh, it's probably a red flag. But equally, however, uh, scammers are able to forge or buy these padlocks So seeing one doesn't always mean a website is safe. So checking for a padlock should always be combined with the other checks that we talked about. So guys, that is a quick guide to not be fooled online, at least when it comes to purchasing. However, um, there are many other facets of online activity that are fake and not, you know, real and that are harmful. So Guys, that is it for this episode. This was all about fake websites, fake um, information on websites, and just, I know, I guess not really so much about fake information. I think we're going to get to that eventually is like how to tell fake information. It's going to be a lot of the similar things, but I think there's some more information for that. So guys, check out the Facebook Let me know how everything's going. I want to hear from you guys. Um, And then if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, something that you're very interested in, I'm willing to go out on the limb and do the research on it and interject a great commercial for you to listen to or a skit um, so you can better understand it. So guys, that is it. I will see you. I might be taking a break for a week just depending on how crazy the holidays gets. But uh, I do want to continue uh, putting these out every Friday. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.